Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is under an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Fabrice egg that is Royfield Brown. And with me I have the cream egg left on the radiator, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Easter holidays, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dee Dum is a reprise from the past. I suppose that's the only place you get reprises from, really. <laughs> uh, it's from Philip Townley. Well done, sir. Keep it up. Uh, now, Luce, if someone would like to send us a Dum Dee Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dum Dee Dum, leave us a plot prediction or fit a cat with a gastric band, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, to Shed Code for sponsoring us and to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's a hit a rocky patch with Auntie Cardboard. It's a bit touch and go, he says. He touches it and she goes. Yay. Yeah, he... <laughs> um... <laughs> this week's episode we had calls galore so we had to do a little bit of pruning folks but we got calls sorry and also 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 guys two minutes two minutes we are getting epic biblical calls again two minutes otherwise you're out right there you go you heard it from the boss on this week's episode of calls from christian who's being driven mad dusty substances and scarlet sparrow who both think they've actually gone mad Glenn Fuller Love, who's matchmaking. The Sussex Shepherd, who brings us the news. Jacqueline Berto, who's upset. Auntie Jean, who thinks Pip should count her blessings. And, folks, listen to the very end of the show for notes from Jojo Sexy Heels and the infamous, very famous. Can you, can you be infamous and very famous? Yeah, not really. Notorious. Yes. Nanny from Paris, Emily Thomas. But before all that goodness, it's Juicy Lucy Freeman's week in Ambridge. We began the week on Easter Sunday in Rickyard Cottage. It's not like your mum to hold a grudge, said Toby. Eh? She's still harping on about me mother. And she passed away years ago in a Burger King car park next to the AA man under his massive umbrella outside Charlotte Richard Services. Oh. 
Then we popped <laughs> over to Home Farm where Jenny Darling was preparing an Easter feaster for the assembled hordes. Lillian was being girlishly skittish and announced, I'm sure Brian will slip just in something more to his liking if he gets desperate. Blimey, you're not even married yet, Lillian. Justin and Lillian drove along happily to see Peggy, with Lillian sitting in the front fingering her ring. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a bit ostentatious, Mum, but I wanted everyone to see how rich I am. Happy, I mean, I'm happy. You're not losing a daughter, Mum, you're gaining a millionaire again. Hootie Jill has her finger on the nub and has correctly identified Toby Fairbrother as the originator of Pip's not fessing up and is being primly smug, which makes a change from the times when she's being smugly prim. Mm -hmm. Ruth's not talking to Pip. Elizabeth's still furious with Kenton. David's cross with Josh. Ruth's furious with Jill. Josh hates everybody. And Ben's still a doorbell. So with the grim inevitability <laughs> Greek tragedy, they're having a family party. And Hootie never happier than when she can pretend to be optimistic about the prospect of a family party, which she's fairly sure someone's going to rip out the throat of a blood relative hopped about saying oh won't it be lovely no no it won't Shula said that her and Alistair were in a good place right now which means they're about to split up go bankrupt or die or possibly all three at once so that's something to look forward to Contrary to all my dire predictions, Anisha has not left Ambridge forever and saddled Alistair with enormous debts. She's just pissed off Peggy, which makes her all right by me. Piggy <laughs> is furious because Anisha said Bill the cat was a massive obese lump. Alistair would have cringed obsequiously before her and said, Oh, the fatter the better, Peggy. Keep up with the turkey twizzlers in the cream sauce. Here's my bill, but there's no need to pay it straight away. Just send one of your liveried page boys around with some <laughs> sovereigns, m'lady. <laughs> Meanwhile, Emma was being topical about the general election. Oh, hang on. What's that in the corner? Oh, it's a shoehorn. When she'd finished being topical, <laughs> she attempted to get Ed into first gear and suggested that as a grown man with two children of his own, he might want to stop living with his mummy and his daddy. But he said, no, I like it. I can remember where the loo is in this house and I find that confusing when I'm somewhere different. I don't like different. Justin's got Piggy eating out of his hand, apparently. Ugh. It caused a bit of a stir at the engagement party at the Bull. They ran out of champagne. But they fixed that by popping an Alka-Seltzer in some Jacob's Creek, so that was fine. Matt turned up. That was fun. He tried to big himself up as a stud to Anisha. Oh, leave it out, Matt. She'll have your eye out. So Rex, ahead of the round table, decided to wade in and rescue her from a situation with which she was coping admirably. Honestly, the fair brethren testosterone flows in all the wrong directions. Mm -hmm. You've got one who can't open a pack of butter without whipping his top off, flexing his muscles and helping himself to the contents of your wallet. And the other one who's terrified <laughs> of women in general, but still seems to feel that they are helpless ickle butterflies. Elizabeth Pargeter, Queen of the Sleeping Bags and the original Merry Widow, is 50 years old, a half-century not out, but she has seen a fair few googlies. Elizabeth and Lily <laughs> planned the playlist for Elizabeth's party and they picked something from every decade of Elizabeth's life, they said, which is five tracks. Better get up there quick and dance, it'll all be over in 15 minutes. Seven for half past, back home in time for Midsummer Murders. Elizabeth pushed the boat out by putting her hair in a plait. She was still in her dressing gown and slippers, though, but it's best to be comfy. Lily had annoyed her by inviting all her Facebook friends. She ought to be grateful Lily hadn't got hold of Elizabeth's little black book. It's the size of Hansard. Ruth and Pip had a strange assignation at the lavatory while Pip said, Mom, I can't imagine why you're so cross with me. I really can't. I mean, apart from the lying and the incompetence and the cattle deaths and the way that has led most of our family <laughs> to finish the us. Apart from that, though, what is it? 
Well, Pip, you shouldn't have asked. Never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Maybe you could build bridges by asking your mum how she coped when she was so honest with her own family about the fact that she was shagging a cowman. Oh, no, wait, she wasn't. The end. Mm. Well, she almost shagged him. Didn't quite. Yeah. If the it ha- hadn't been that late, right? if she'd had to keep going, she would say <laughs> that was it. And then you said, like... Elizabeth's party list was as big as Hansard. Surely it's Debrett's. Little black book, I said. Well, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, but there were no multiple volumes, I think. Mm. But all the X's were there, weren't they? They were. She had seen a lot of their Googies. Who can remember (laughs) Trevor Barlow? Who was he? I don't remember him. I don't remember him, but obviously he was an ex. And the way that... I mean, he sounds a bit that you know. He doesn't sound up to her normal stuff because normally she goes for the toffs, doesn't she? Mm, yeah. But what? Uh, first, have you read that? Have you seen that Terry Barlow account on Twitter? No. It's a cat called Terry Barlow, and it's mm-hmm. really funny. And for a minute, I I had visions of this massive cartoon cat. <laughs> That's one of Elizabeth's exes. Yeah. It, I was really baffled for a second. <laughs> but Tim Beecham was there. He was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a blast from I the know, past. Yeah. Of course, we never got to hear him. No. Oops. Though he was uh, rattling on about his divorce, wasn't he? He was. Mm. Well, he's not coming back, is he? We've got enough single men at the minute. Yeah. Well, I have anyway. The... <laughs> <clears throat> What's that? What? Sorry. Nothing. Mm. Carry on! <sighs> um, right. Shall we just get on with these calls? Because yep. this show might be like 15 hours long. Yes. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Uh, we're having Dusty Substances in a duet with Scarlet Sparrow here. Smashing. Hello, Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Now listen carefully. I will say this only once, but I agree with Ruth. <gasps> Gosh, uh, that's all. Au revoir. Hello, you two. Scarlet Sparrow here new computer and hopefully better sound. Um, What I'd like to say is something I thought I would never hear myself say. I do agree with Ruth on the whole Pip thing. She is the one that decided not to tell them. It's not Toby's fault. Yes, he did influence her, but it really isn't his fault this time. However, my prediction is that Toby's ex-girlfriend will soon be very, very ex um, and unfortunately pass on leaving behind a child who will have to come and live with Toby and Pip. Let's see how they deal with that one. Okay, take care. Bye. I know. Bit of a shot. The world is split between people who agree with Ruth and people who think, that's terrible. You can't say that. Um, Scarlet Sparrow, you're coming in beautifully loud and clear this time. So hurrah for your new computer. I love the idea of a child popping up to come and live with, um, with Toby and Pip. That is ideal. Now, I, can I can I vent my theory? Mm. Air my theory. Um, well, my friend is an analyst, right? And he has coined this expression um, that he calls playing in the bins. And it is about when you have a parent that reacts out of proportion to what's actually happened because of their own issues, mm. which is what's happened in this situation 
when she said to her, I am ashamed of you. I don't know who you are anymore. Blah, blah, blah. When she's fucked up once. And yes, she should. Yes, obviously she shouldn't have done it. Yes, she should have admitted it straight away. But she is a very immature young woman. She behaves like you'd expect a 14, 15 year old to to behave, not a 21 year old or however old she is. And he coins this phrase about paying in the bins, which is when you say when a child says, mommy, can I go and play outside? You say, well, go up and take your school uniform off and then and then it won't matter if you get mucky. And yes, then you can play outside. If you say, mummy, can I play outside? And they say, of course you can't, you stupid child. What do you think you're doing? You're wearing <laughs> a school uniform. No, don't be daft. What a stupid question. Then not only will the child immediately go, ignore you and go and play outside, they won't just play in the garden. They'll go and play in the bins to make sure they get absolutely filthy. It's the same concept as when you're on a low carb diet or something and you you have a small jacket potato with your lunch and then that little voice starts up going well you've had a small jacket potato so you might as well have spaghetti bolognese for your dinner which is completely (laughs) stupid that is that is playing in the bins and at the moment uh ruth's i think ruth's behavior is absolutely pushing pip towards playing in the bins because she's given her no way back she said i don't know who you are I don't know you. I don't, I've, I've washed my hands of you, basically. I've kind of, you know, this is the end. Mm. And if you say that to some, you have to be really careful when you say things like that to people, anybody, partners or, but it's particularly things like partners and daughters. It was a peculiar conversation. It was. It sounded like a couple, you know, in the loo, you know, can I talk to you? I don't understand. Of course she, you if she doesn't understand why her mother's angry with her, then she's, you know, there's something deeply wrong. It was just, the whole thing was weird. Pip's kind of courting her mother's affection. Ruth's withholding it. I mean, she's not exactly the most warm and affectionate of women anyway. Um, it was peculiar. It was weird. It was weird. And, that whole conversation went through a couple of gears as well. So yeah. you're right. There was the claustrophobic element of it, which I suppose you would need because it was a bit of a, you know, take you to one side and a kind of heart to heart. But it did feel really incongruous with the rest of the archers. But I would contend that at least at the start of it, it wasn't written evenly. At the start, when Ruth dived into a monologue or a yeah. bollocking of a daughter... It was actually really quite clunky. Yeah. And I was like, eh? Right? Yeah. You could have had all of those feelings, all those emotions and whatever, but it was just written badly. I don't know. And I can't work out because I only listened to it once and really I should have listened to it twice considering it, it so stuck out like a sore thumb. I couldn't work out whether it was written badly or just delivered badly, but it was very odd at first. And I then think people wrote it. I think they did one draft and then someone else overwrote it. There's some there's got to be something like that because it was just it was just weird yeah. it was just weird yeah. and then you got into the ruth just kind of going for it and don't get me yeah. wrong these are you know what pip did was 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 bang out of order but it did seem massively disproportionate yeah. after you got over the clunkiness of it yeah. and the weirdness it just you just yeah. thought hey right yeah, yeah. And, you know, and coming from her as well yeah if this had been david saying this with a slightly ranty voice you'd have gone fair enough you know but it, there was something um which didn't ring true co- coming it from was slightly Rick. too clinical yeah it was as if she'd thought about it and she was it was seemed a bit cruel mm. and 
it's and you're completely right about her as a mother she doesn't come over as you know the cuddly type oh god no but still right I, I I I don't know. As I say, I have to kind of listen to it, listen to it again, and really I should have should have this morning. But I'll just say it was definitely written clunkily at the start. You know, I I, I was at I was filling the cart with petrol, and I was like, what? I tell you what, Luce, forty quid's worth to fill up fill up me little mum's <laughs> little car now. <laughs> yeah, petrol's going back up again. Uh-huh. Anyway, hmm. This all seems to be far more about Ruth. Ruth's view of how she's perceived in the family. And it's interesting, the first thing she said was, you made me look like a fool. Yeah. Because it's about, I... She knows that basically her security as a person depends on the Archer's family. If they ostracise her, she has no one else. She has no mother. She has no siblings. She has nothing. She, If you look at it in sort of um, anthropological terms which I know mm. is ludicrous. But if you did, if you did something that daft, you, you know, she has got to keep in with the tribe and her maternal instinct to protect Pip and to stand up to the tribe because she is a bit rebellious and she does object to them sort of lording it about. Um, she stood up for Pip against the tribe and now she's realised that was actually the wrong thing to do. So she's her self-preservation's now come in and overtaken her maternal thing and she's now rejecting pip in favor of the tribe well, and that is you could... that is harsh for a, a mother that is i mean i don't know what my well, children have I... to do to make me say i don't think i can ever forgive i mean i don't I know, know. She, you know pip hasn't gone gone around and murdered anybody no you know, you know, she let some cows out. The cows were a little bit sick, of which the fact that the cows were sick were to do with a mother and a father. The fact that the father didn't get them properly checked out when he bought them. It's uh, Ruth doesn't like the fact that she got caught out slagging off Clarion Bridge Farm. That's what mm, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but you are right. This is much, much, much more about Ruth than it is about Pip. And I'm somewhat interested to see where where they're going to go with this. I don't if know. My playing in the bins theory is right, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I have scant faith in it. But if it is, then then she will do something really stupid now, like give up farming entirely and leave with Toby. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Ruth. No. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be excellent, that. though? <laughs> <laughs> That would be such a... T- oh, God, I'd love that. Yes, that could happen. Could happen. Weirder mm. things have happened, let's face it. Who's next? Um, Christian, first-time caller in her. Hey, Dumpty Dum. I'm a long-time listener, but first-time caller in her. I just wanted to call in because the Archers currently is making me insane well not the archers specifically but just one character and i think you might know which character and right now that character is josh josh is one of the most arrogant little shits i've ever heard of he's he's telling somebody who is older than him that he's incompetent in the i think it was either the monday or tuesday episode of last week because he happened to take a picture where there just happened to be a sign in it he should have noticed that first and, like, edited the picture out before posting it on the website or something. 
And in this latest episode of like, it's either Tuesday or Monday's episode or something, because in America, we get the episode of the day before on the day after like Wednesday, we get Tuesday's episode and stuff like that. Or at least that's what it seems like to me. Um, and he tells Pip that this whole thing is her fault with the eye bear. And I'm not saying she's not responsible. She is responsible and she should have fessed up immediately. But to not take responsibility in his own right is just downright arrogant and makes him a little asshole. I'm sorry for so much swearing. I don't know if that's okay in the recordings. Anyway, both of these kids are responsible. And Pip in large part has done that, but I don't think uh, arrogant boy Josh will ever do that. It's just he pisses me off. Sorry for the rant. <laughs> um, okay, the ending stuff that you guys always do. Um, I've been listening to The Archers for about three years, so I'm not sure what character that makes me. If I'm a Titchener, please just don't say it. Please spare me that. And uh, I love you guys' podcast. Your community is amazing, and you guys are both really funny, and you make my week enjoyable, or at least whatever day you release enjoyable also my favorite person who calls in has to be steve the guy with the bye 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 um every time he calls in i can't help but just spend the whole time grinning all right see you guys later uh yes christian josh is an irritating little shit don't worry about swearing on your first caller in it is it is actively encouraged on this podcast i've got a feeling actually that christian isn't christian i think he's george bush senior that's my that's my uh my my inkling there if you've been listening for three years i think you are a titchy knob but that's a bit of a an unpleasant um association to have so we'll say you're a charlie thomas instead it's probably better to be a charlie than a titchy knob yes so it's very nice to hear from you, Christian. Uh, and I like your voice a lot. And I do think that you are George Bush Sr. <laughs> You've got a real thing for falling for our listeners, haven't you? And oh, voices. no, no, no. My favourite one is coming up. Really? Oh, that reminds me. Donald, my other favourite listener. I mm. mean, yes, my other favourite caller in the row. Um, Turbrech, we got your call, but you went all Dalek-y. There was some vibration thing on the line. So can you ring in and do it again, but without standing on one of those vibration plates or whatever it is that people use at the gym <laughs> and do people still use those things i don't know wasn't that one of those fads yeah, exactly those you can just be lazy and it does all the work for you and then yeah no one was actually losing any weight or at least getting <laughs> any fitter so yeah, they stopped that i had a good row this morning luke you'd be, be happy to know did you good yeah yeah, yeah. i wrote every day one of those sitting down ones yeah yeah, yeah like the proper, Not on ro- the proper river no well, even the ones on the river, you still sit down on those. You don't stand up and roll no, on them, you know do you? What I mean. In Erdington um, Leisure Centre, as, as run by uh, the city council, and uh, had a proper good row, had a proper sweat on, uh, and I managed to do 3K in under 15 minutes, which is always, always my standard. If I can get it round about 14 minutes 20, that's all good. I aim, by the end of next week, to get it under... Under under fourteen minutes, if it's thirteen something or other, I'd be well happy. Good. Just thought I'd share that with everybody. Well oh. done, you. Yeah, well done, me. Now <laughs> we've done Christian, who you love. Yeah. Uh, so we do... full of love now. Ooh. Hello, Dum to Dum. It's Glenn here. So, 
Justin and Lillian are engaged and they've had their party and they managed to uh, drink the ball dry of champagne, um, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because how many bottles of champagne will the average country pub have on hand? Not terribly surprised that, um, that Kenton felt a need to consult uh, Justin uh, on, on the matter of the champagne. The other issue in Ambridge this week has been fat cats. Um, obviously, Justin is a fat cat already. Uh, Josh is clearly a wannabe fat cat. And uh, we have a real fat cat in Ben and uh, upstaging them both. So um, great juxtaposition, um, scriptwriters. Thank you very much. Anisha and Rex, I think they make a, they would make a very good couple. I think Anisha would benefit from, um, you know, from, from learning from Rex that being nice is sometimes a good thing. And Rex would benefit from Anisha by learning that sometimes being tough and you know, hard on your uh, you know, clients, uh, bosses, whatever, is also a good thing. So I think they're good for each other. Uh, quite frankly, I say, bring it on. And finally, going back to Josh, um, I think if you put Josh and Tom Archer in a room together, the arrogance force field that they could create between them would be enough to eliminate, wipe out the entire village. So um, let's hope that that just doesn't happen. So thank you very much, as always, for producing the podcast and best wishes to all dumpty dummers everywhere. I think Rex and Anisha would make a good couple. I think he needs to grow a pair because he's a bit of a... And he doesn't really understand her. He just seems to have had all the all the confidence and spirit knocked out of him completely, Rex, probably because he's trailing around after Toby picking up the bits. But anyway, um, yes, Josh and Tom are being particularly vile at the moment. They are just a hideous pair of arrogant little tossers really um and i was wondering if as you said they're sort of going to grow up to be the antagonists of the future so we'll have sort of david and brian kind of thing um i can't see josh hanging around at brooker's because it they just don't move fast enough for him do they he's, he's, <laughs> he's jr ewing and he wants to be out conquering worlds um but I like the idea of, of, of sort of um, Tom being slightly more traditional and Josh being more like Brian and just kind of wanting to move everything forward mm. and, you know, faster, faster, faster. Let's how can never mind the environmental impact. How can we make this make more money? Blah, blah, blah. So, yes, maybe I could see them being um, uh, sort of at loggerheads in the future. That's quite an interesting no, no, um, definitely and, and remember prospect. like when josh outed himself as this young thrusting entrepreneur and we're like aye aye this is tom this is like 10 years ago yeah, tom. yeah. Th there is a difference and and i do think it's you know there is a subtle uh difference whereas you couldn't tell tom anything whereas with josh as obnoxious as he is he does have the odd little course correction um, yeah. and specifically him him and rex you know this whole thing about he you know Rex, you're just kind of incompetent. You don't take down all the notes properly. Blah blah blah. You input them correctly. That price, you know, the price yeah. you told the farmer was way too much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, you know, when Rex very calmly said, "You know, I'm overworked, and you're not really giving me the money that I'm due," etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Then, yeah, interestingly, with Josh, he does come back a day later and go, "Actually, you're right." And this is about the yeah, fourth they... time that this yes. has actually happened. 
But then he only said, yeah, you're right, because he needed Rex to come back on board again. And once Rex was on board, he said, right, I've booked this summer fair, so you're in charge of that anyway, bye, and left. Fair dues, right? And he's still there. But but rewind the clock back 10 years to the Sausage King, right? Yeah. You couldn't say anything to Tom. Um, You couldn't. And he was horrible to... He he has regular run-ins with Jazza, doesn't he, where Jazza suddenly says, no, that's enough, stop stop behaving like that. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I, I do I do like that, you know, the, the the pair of them, you know, butting heads so to speak, much later on. Ha ha Good. Now we have my new favourite one. <laughs> Good evening, Royfield, Lucy and all fellow Dumpty Dummers, it's the Sussex Shepherd here. I'd like to start off um by thanking Royfield in particular for his kind words on my uh, gender identity last week. Uh, it's good to be reassured about uh, the acceptance of my transgender status. Um, I have to admit, I have always felt more male than female. I'd assume that that's because I'm male, um, but maybe this is something I need to, to, to talk to my parents about. Maybe that's something I should follow up with them. Um, anyway, moving on to the archers, as I think we should. Uh, I was thinking this week, I was listening on... Was it Tuesday when the uh, snap election was snapped upon us? Not a word of it, of course, on the archers. I think there was a a sort of slightly topical reference to a meeting about Brexit, but that was about it. And it reminded me of an episode of Desert Island Discs, which I think was around Christmas or New Year 2000, um, with Norman Painting, a.k.a., of course, uh, Phil Archer. And he was talking about how the episodes were recorded onto a disc which um, then lasted the episode would last around 12 minutes and then they would do another minute or 90 seconds live on the day with the uh, actors available reading out a script live Uh, and once they'd finished their live segment the sound engineer would put the needle back on the disc and hope that he'd picked it up in the same place as he left it and it just occurred to me that they seem to have lost that kind of absolutely bang on time uh, element that was always part of the archers in in the days when I certainly start started remembering listening to it. Now you know they have picked up stories about the general election later in the week. It's been mentioned, but it uh, it just made me think of that. It's an interesting episode of uh, Desert Island Discs, perhaps uh, worth listening to. It's uh, obviously on the the BBC archive along with all the others. Anyway, that's it really. Nothing major. Just thought I'd mention that. It, it, just reminded me of it this week. Uh, incidentally, just to quickly answer a question, yes, I um, do live in Sussex. Yes, I, well, all right, not really a shepherd. I have 11 sheep and a few chickens and a few cats. But the Sussex IT person who keeps a few chickens and sheep and cats didn't really sound as kind of catchy as the Sussex Shepherd. So I guess the Sussex Shepherd it is. Hello, Sussex Shepherd. Um, I couldn't play um, Claire... Claire Asprey's call um, because we ran out of we just had so many calls and if people were saying the same thing as other people then we couldn't play them um, but she misheard you and thought you were called the Sausage Shepherd which I thought was quite nice the idea of lots of little um, uh, chipolatas gambling around the field um, I love the fact that you can hear birdsong in the background of the Sausage Shepherd's call um, I yes I did like um, Emma suddenly expressing an interest in politics although it was in her usual well, whoever you vote for, the government still gets in. But I can remember the death of Princess Diana being shoehorned in and 9-11 being shoehorned in with Pat saying mm. to Clara something like, well, 
with everything else that's going on in the world, I suppose we shouldn't da 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 and and thinking that got in quick. Um yes. Uh yes, and now we have Jacqueline Berthou, who we have not heard from for a while. Hi, this is Jacqueline Berto from Sanguin. I've just finished uh, listening to uh, The Archer's Omnibus. Um, I think this uh, episode really needed to come with a war- uh, helpful tip at, uh, tip at the end saying, uh, if the, anything in this storyline has affected you, please telephone some. Because I'm absolutely devastated for... Uh, Pip and Ruth. I don't actually like either of the characters, but I feel that Pip, how does she go forward from here? Um, I've got a bit of history with my mother, who nearly 20 years ago told me that I was, um, she was, she was ashamed of me and that she wouldn't have anything to do with me for the rest of her life. And that continues. And although I've come to terms with it, oh... How will Pip come to terms with it? She's young. She's much younger than I was when my mother decided I wasn't worth knowing. And she also lives and works on the farm. So that whole family living together kind of thing. Oh, terrible. I just I just don't know where she's going. I mean, I'm sure she will bluster it out and David and Ruth will... Probably my prediction is following this that David and Ruth will not agree and therefore there's going to be yet another rupture between them. Um, you know, Ruth, she's so up her own bum. Oh, terrible. Ugh, now I know why I don't like her as a character. Ugh, don't like Pip either, but, oh, no, I found this all very difficult. Um, well, I haven't called in for a while, but uh, I felt I had to on this one because it was, oh, it's just really touched me. I just don't know where they're going to go from here after those words are out of, out of, were out of her mouth. Jacqueline, I am so sorry. I don't know what to say. That's just awful. Um, and, uh, you know, it's her loss, quite frankly. I don't know what else to say. Her loss. Um. But yes, that kind of goes along with the same thing of, you know, there's sort of the good side of playing in the bins is the best revenge is, is living well. And you've clearly gone on and made a very happy, fulfilling life for yourself. And, you know, and hopefully Pip and Ruth will sort this out before it reaches that stage. But I think people are very cavalier about making blanket, right, that's it. I shall never blah, blah, blah again. Um, without actually thinking through the ramifications of it and what you say in a moment of temper or a moment of self-righteousness when you think I am utterly... and I'm always very wary of people who are completely convinced they're right. (laughs) They're always the ones that cause the most trouble, I find. (sighs) Oh, now we have Auntie Jean. Oi, 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 oi. What? You're really just going off on one this week, aren't you? Sorry. I didn't say anything about Sussex Shepherd. I didn't want to say anything, but didn't give him the opportunity to say, Royfield, would you like to add anything? I wouldn't have added a jot, mind you. Royfield, now is your chance to not say something about Sussex Shepherd. I've got nothing to say about him. 
Right, but moving on to Jacqueline Berto. Yes. Right. Um, I haven't got an awful lot to add. Right. Suffice, but to say that we're friends on Facebook, and the pictures of her boy uh, at his uh, was it turning out ceremony at Sandhurst. Oh, what a lovely, handsome family! And you can see she was totally proud, and you know he's going to be a credit to his queen and country. That lad. You know, there he was in his uniform and everyone was marching behind and there was with his mum and his family. I was actually properly touched and I was like, oh, you know, you could you could see your mother and a family's pride. And there you oh. That's what I wanted to say. And I've been listening to the Revolutions podcast, which is doing the um, July 18th, uh, 1830 revolution in Paris. And I just thought of Jacqueline. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do Auntie Jean now? Oh, go on then. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Auntie Jean here. I've been away for a while. I hope you miss me. I've been a bit busy setting up a little business project of my own. Um, And I just caught up with all the archers' gossip and what have you. And I discover in my absence that Ed has become an idiot. What the hell is he on about talking to Emma like that? If it weren't for Emma, he'd be nowhere. I suppose he'll learn his lesson at some point. Uh, and as for things at Brookfield, well, I worry about Ben, frankly, because if Pip and Josh are anything to go by, Ben's got no hope. Josh has got his head up his backside about his business. Um, Pip is... Well, if Pip had been a farm worker, not the daughter of the farmer, she would have been fired, kicked out of the cottage and told to go away for the mistake she made and then covering up about it. So I wonder if that's where Ruth is going to end up thinking that really she ought to go. I don't suppose it'll happen, but it would be interesting if it did. Uh, I'm not sure what Matt's up to. It would be interesting to find out now that Lils and Justin are totally loved up. Well, I suppose we've got the flower show to look forward to and the village fate, etc, etc. So that'll be good. Back to normal archers. How wonderful. I will speak to you all again soon, I hope. I hope Royfield's mother is feeling better. And Lucy, please don't leave Twitter. We do love you on there. I know it's an echo chamber sometimes, but most of us are quite nice. I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye. But exactly, Auntie Jean. It wasn't the mistake that she made. I know, I know, I agree that if she had not been the daughter of the farmer, she would have been fired if if it had been, if Jazzer had done that on Tom's land or whatever. But A, it was David and Ruth that bought the cows without checking that they'd been certified or whatever it is. and. And Pip is really immature and and lying like she did is the behaviour of a 13-year-old. It's also the behaviour of somebody who's is an eldest child thing to do because it's fear of failure. Uh, she's absolutely petrified that she's not going to be the wunderkind anymore. She's, you know, she's just going to be a human person that makes mistakes. And and she is really immature. She's been nowhere and done that. And, you know, it shows. It really does show. You've and really take... got it in for you, haven't you? No, I, I, feel, I actually feel really sorry for her. Mm. I think I, I think she'd be a much nicer person if she just got off that farm and went and did something for a bit. Because it's so claustrophobic. You can't bring somebody up. It's, like, it's almost like the royal family. You cannot escape. Being at Brookfield, you're in this, oh, you are the custodians of the land. You have got to stay here. It's like bloody cold comfort farm. None of you mun leave. You've all got to stay here till I say you can go. You know, it's ridiculous. Mm. 
I think you're slightly beating her up a little bit too much to, to, to bang on and keep on saying that she's incredibly immature because uh, Pip... It's not new her Pip, fault. Well, it's not wholly her fault, but what the bigger crime was the cover-up as opposed to actually letting the cows out in the first place. Yeah. She should have just fessed up and said f- first off. But she was so horrified as to what, what she'd done and the havoc it, it had kind of wreaked mm-hmm. on everybody else that she was but hoping also, against she seemed her. to have genuinely forgotten didn't she you could hear when someone said oh what about was it ed said well what about it's not like the cows have got out is it and she went no um no no she she, she did she, she hadn't forgotten she hadn't yeah. forgotten but um she has shown you know during the flood and at other times new pip has actually shown that she's a, a very competent farmer so you know, is she a fully formed uh, professional farmer? No, because she hasn't got the experience to be a full, you know a professional farmer yet. But she's a very competent farmer who understands livestock and understands uh, you know tilling the land. So I just think you're a little bit harsh because you're conflating the fact that she's still an adult in training, the fact that she's only like about twenty three or so, with the fact that actually for the most part she's extremely competent at her mm. job. Mm. Mm. all right then i'll be nicer that's the end of the calls thank goodness for that right because folks <laughs> what comes next is some facebook goings on after um you have some adverts for some other podcasts that lucy and i do now folks don't be tweeting me and saying where's sorry, lucy's where is lucy's walkie-talkie Right. And oh, by the way, I actually do another podcast too, you bleeders. Right. Oh, and and for those of you who like things um, on a, of a political bent, um, I speak this week to Democratic Party op- operative Reggie Hubbard, who's been working with Bernie Sanders, doing all his uh, uh, conferences all down the West Coast on, uh, on Mid-Atlantic. So if you want to hear about US, UK politics, uh, listen to Mid-Atlantic. If you want to hear about people walking dogs, listen to Walkie Talkie, if Lucy can do her intro. And if you want to hear Maddie Ann Holt talk about eating a McDonald's for the first time and wandering around Birmingham uh, after being left. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Attack from Dorset, you can listen to Friday 15, but you can hear the trails for those right now. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome, yeah. Um, for me... I well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to to win in the end is that for me it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday Fifteen, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years, and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, If your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going, can I come with you? and you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front so there's no embarrassing eye contact if things get a bit heavy if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died. And the owner says, oh, I can never have another one. And then in a couple of months time, they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them. And um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something something nice to think about, something interesting to think about, even if it's not nice. And having a dog is a sort of a, a universality, really. The people aren't all like me, as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series. Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, 
becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it is not very likely that any Southern states will do anything mere than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes from Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup. I'm a little bit delicate today. I went to a party last night and there were a few snifters of gin and I've got a bit of a head today. Ooh. Uh, well, let's see how this goes anyway. Um, we started the week on the Book of Face wondering about why Ruth was so quiet after Pip gave the big revelation. Um, Lexi Hohensey said... Ruth could be saying, I could literally be in New Zealand right now as she jabs the potatoes viciously. Jan A. Mitchell says, I think she's furious with Pip and deeply embarrassed by all the David defending their good name nonsense. Meanwhile, Pip lets him put his foot right in it. She thinks that uh, Ruth was right, that Pip made a choice and she knew it was, uh, it was wrong, period. Well, do you know what, Jan? By the end of the week, you were really borne out with that one. You were on the money, because that's exactly what, what Ruth said. Deeply disappointed in her daughter. Catherine Kavanagh said, though, maybe maybe Ruth's quiet because she's been reading the tweet along and saying, oh, no. Uh, yes, I think you might have a point there. The other thing we briefly touched on was Rex and Nisha. Is it going to happen? Um, I think most people think that, yeah, it might be, um, but a couple, a bit of a theme emerged, which is a lot of people, Sarah Squires and Leone Beavers and others said, do you know what, I think Rex deserves better, um, as Sarah Squires put it, I think Rex needs a better break than Anisha, um, I tend to agree, because, um, I've really warmed to Rex, I really quite like Rex now, I think, Rex is a bit of a keeper. He's, he's coming into his own as his own person. The big falling out with Toby, I think, has been quite, um, 
quite good at kind of developing um, Rex's own character. Um, I also, midweek, um, asked whether there were any Josh fans out there. Well, there was one. Leslie Greaves said, I'm in a minority here. I like him. He's got ambition, energy and initiative. He doesn't want to go to uni. He knows who he wants to go into business and is doing it. It's just in a woolly liberal place like Ambridge, anyone in business must be a wrong one. He's a bit of a pain, but he's young and he'll learn. Yeah, I think that's all fair comment, um, Leslie. Um, however, most people disagreed. As Julia Feisler-Chapman said, Josh is the worst. Um, though Anthony Ogden said, he is actually a bloody annoying hoot. Uh, and I think he is a bit of a hoot. So as Anthony said, I'm really enjoying Rex standing up to him. Yeah, I kind of like those those interactions. I like the way that Rex really kind of held out and uh, got a bit of a better deal. Um, Sally Newey says of Josh, his fan club is a cold and lonely room. Yeah, that's a bit bleak, isn't it? We've also been um, looking at kind of the whole Miranda thing. Um, Katie Hobbs thinks Miranda and Tiger will end up getting it on and start attending the same social events as Lillian and Justin, which could be quite awkward. Over on the forum, um, we Dusty Substances has made an announcement. If you were in Teddington um, this week, the woman in the tiny red car was not in fact shouting at her husband, but responding to Pip's drop and Jimmis's offer to do bird talks for the Grundys in her customary appreciative way. I think Dusty was having a bit of um, a bit of Archer's road rage there. The other thing I was going to say, also as well, I've got an apology. Um, I posted something suggesting that Peggy might be an interfering old bat, and somebody quite rightly pointed out that interfering old bat is a bit ageist and a bit sexist and do you know what absolutely right i'm taking that one on the chin so apologies and in future i will find more inclusive ways of telling everyone how much i don't like peggy um but yeah no absolutely right on that one anyway phew even with my hangover i've made it through to the end of this this roundup phew right i think i, go, I need to go and lie down okay that's it for this week cheerio everybody Thank you for the Facebook roundup. Um, now, Lucy, mm-hmm. can you hit us with some tweets, please? I can. Someday the 12th said, Rex is such a docile, yielding, easily led creature. I'd not be surprised if Brookfield decided to breed a herd of him. <laughs> herd of Rexes. I like that. Um, little Kim said, I would love Emma to stand for election. Death to the patriarchy and trampolines for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Ware said I would flock to a vet who was rude to Peggy um, Penny Chukards said is it very bad to hope that Piggy turns her toes up and Bill eats her it is isn't it <laughs> yes yes it is I won't say that then she said <laughs> and filth yokel bear Mark Everden Mark 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 has has tweet of the week very rude the first five minutes of tonight's The Archers was devoted to Peggy's oversized pussy. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> what do you think? Thank of... you very much, everybody. What do you think of Matt Crawford this week? 
I loved him. I still love him. I just think he's so funny. When he's at the, when he turned up at the party, you know, and he's like the spectre of the feast, just gleefully waiting for it all to go tits up. And he says, um, oh, good, he's just going to make a speech. And you can all see him rubbing his hands with glee, waiting to see how he can take the mickey out of it. I thought it was very funny. Mm, no, I, I loved every delicious moment of it. Um, <laughs> I thought, that, not quite sure about the him and Anisha thingy. No. And I, and I definitely, when Anisha says, I eat men like him for breakfast, I thought you know what, actually, you never have, right? Yeah. And you and you definitely haven't because of the way that you interact with Rex. Yeah. If you seriously were some kind of like, you know, I can discard men or I can eat them type person, you say to Rex, book your ideas up. Are we getting this on yeah. or, or not? Yeah. You'd yeah. be much more forthright. So yeah. that, that was another bit of kind of like, there's a weird line. Which yeah. Which I just thought, ooh, kind of like, yeah. kind, of, kind of stuck out. But yeah. yeah. So, and... Just purely as an afterthought, there is absolutely no way that have given everybody champagne in in that do. It would have been Carver. It, they would have said bubbles for everybody, and it would have been Carver to pretend it was champagne. Or actually, everybody just likes prosecco because damn dead easy. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm low and middle class. I know about these things. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, uh, now we're at the arse end of the show where I say things like this, dumdydum.com. Got to be said, Cosmo is uh, doing a storm over there. I can literally just like lie back, think of England, not do much. And he is kind of running the whole blooming website, putting stuff on and he's and he's doing all sorts and he's nagging Lucy and I like there's no tomorrow, uh, wanting, to do, wanting to do more. So, so please go there and bask in the Cosmo glory that is now dumdydum.com. Tractor folks, go there. Um, it's you can find it by going onto the little menu on uh, dumdydum.com and clicking it and you can pin yourself to a map of the world and everybody knows how much I like maps and you can just say well I kind of live here like Saskatchewan, San Paolo, um, wherever somewhere else that begins with S whose name I can't remember right now and you can and hopefully there you go Stockport and hopefully you can find another dumdydum uh who lives not too far away. And then you can kind of like hook up with them. Cool. Yeah. Now, maps, folks. Woohoo! I need to go to the hairdresser. Is this going to take long? You know what? You're a rude woman, Freeman. The, I'm only giving I'm just people inquiring. what they want. Right, now. Yes, but I don't want to be late for the hairdresser. So can I go and you babble on about maps? It, this is good. All the babbling and the diversions that you've put in my way right has actually taken up more time when you could have been down the hairdressers which well, reminds me talking about the archers when you want to talk about maps <laughs> but these are submitted by fans of the archers and you'll like the one map we have actually discussed this map before but it's a, a hardy perennial and it's come back round again so and i thought it's going to be my map of the week but first off thank you hannah will be for your european map of places with the uh, the name Saint in it, which is somewhat fascinating because you get onto the kind of the deep Catholic side of Europe, really. Lot of places, guess where, Lucy? Lot of places called Saint in Spain. Guess which reason? Reason? Uh, region? Region, sorry, I didn't put my teeth in. I'll tell uh... you, Galicia. 
Galithia. Oh, and I right. think that's to do with the reconquest, you know, when uh, the Moors went all the way and conquered literally all of Spain. You had these little Christian outpost kingdoms right at the top. Lot in Galithia. Anyway, Emily Thomas, thank you for your non-British nationalities, which are most common in your borough of London map. Awesome. Helen O'Neill. Now this, Lucy, this is a map, which is actually really quite useful. If you're traveling around, right, and you want free Wi-Fi in airports, as I do, just give me a map. And like Gatwick, Heathrow, all, you know, JFK, all, Shipple, airport, name, name an airport, Lucy. Uh, JFK. I just said JFK. Oh. Um... Say LaGuardia. LaGuardia. It's on there. LaGuardia's on there too. You can get passports for free Wi-Fi. So thank you for that, Helen O'Neill. Celebrating Adam, you are really going above and beyond the call of duty. Every week I get at least two from Celebrating Adam. I know, Adam. he's doing it to wind me up. <laughs> I know, and you says, sorry, Lucy. I know. She's oh, not sorry oh, at all. No, I know he's not bloody sorry at all. A map of I Europe. I the hairdressers. A map of Europe's, <laughs> of all the nations of Europe, and the most iconic artwork thank you thank you thank you now dusty now this was a beautiful map the way it's rendered lucy you'll like this you like this world war tweet world war Two tweets from 1945 and this is the u.s general staff map which shows uh the allied noose tightening around japan and its homelands from iwo jima to okinawa really lovely pretty map and another one from celebrating adam before we come to map of the week which is ending by three people which um was and we have had this one before celebrating adam but it's a map of the world where everywhere has a musical uh reference so if that hadn't been sent in before that actually would have been uh map of the week now map of the week lucy mm. you'll like this one we have had mention of this before, before Map of the Week was a thing. And it is a map of uh, how people pronounce scone or scone in the <laughs> UK. I thought you'd like I that. I do like that one. Yeah. Exactly. Now, this is a map everyone can get behind. And according to this map, most people pronounce, um, pronounce it as scone. And... Which bits of the UK or the British Isles, because um, Southern Ireland's in here too, uh, do you think are the hot spots for scone? The north. Well, oh, no, the south. Sorry. Well, you know, this is the reason why this map is absolutely fascinating, right? Because you're kind of correct. Both, right? Um, there is a hot spot of scone action in London and lots of scone action in Humberside, West Yorkshire, South Yorkshire, a little bit round kind of Greater Manchester. But like, you know, they're crazy for scones in Scotland, County Durham, Cumbria, North Wales, etc. And then everywhere else is a little bit of a, you know, a miggledy kind of mildy mildness. You know, it kind of can be scone, can be scone and whatever. But you but it's the north of England and Greater London. And actually, funnily enough, kind of where you are, kind of Northampton way, where you're from anyway. So thank you, by horse, Anna Wilby and Denise Tomlinson. Stop huffing and puffing when you like that. For sending in the great scone map. All three of you. Awesome. 
And also, thank you. Stay listening, chaps, if you've managed to get through that lot. Because um, <laughs> uh, Emily Thomas has done us a lot. You know, last week we were talking about um, uh, bees and their significance. She's mm. done us a big thing all about um, what bees mean and why they are important for um, Krusty, why they're important in the village and their sort of their place in, in mythology and everything. And the lovely Jojo Sexy Heels has done one of her really good breakdowns of the um, of the music um, that's used in the background. I never pay attention to it. She always does. And she has little chats with Kerry Davis about, ah, oh, because they're both quite musicy and they get on very well. So they have little chats about um, why he picked uh, or why whoever picked certain music to go with certain things because the lyrics are really significant. Um, it passes me by completely, but she has got um, a better attention to detail than me. Um, and it's really good. So uh, hang around and stay on and listen to that awesome and just on that note there is now a i think it's called radio ambridge um account on twitter which is run by freya and emily baker which is exactly the same thing where they analyze exactly which song has been played on the archers and why as the the meaning of it to do the storyline don't <laughs> ask me what it's called but if you go on to twitter you'll work it out because you because you're smart like that dear listener lucy Yes. There are a couple of ways you can help keep our little show on the road. Did you know that? Yep. <laughs> How can people do that then? You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site or you can um, sponsor us at Patreon for something which works out at $2 a show. No? I'm winging this because it's not written down. <laughs> <laughs> um we are going to thank the people who've gone on to uh gone on to www.com and actually just hit the donate button we're gonna thank the patreon people next week because there are um, a few of those as well so first off we have amanda hart uh, uh benjamin johnson christine scandalbury claire wayman damian manolis fiona powell glenn fuller love jill abrahams kathleen anstey laura cook linda singer Lonnie J. Bahar. Maureen Freiberger. Rose Mario. Rosie Stock. Sally Wood. Sandra Kirby. Sarah Passingham. And Theora Bloom. So thank you. Theodora Bloom. What that is I... such a fabulous name. Yeah, sorry. What did I say? Theora, but not like Kiora. Okay. Kiora. <laughs> anyway, I need to go to the hairdresser. Can All we right, go now? We're, we're, we're cracking on. We're cracking okay. on. Right, and you haven't asked me the thing I asked you to ask me. How's your mum? Oh, thank you for mentioning that, Lucy, because I had quite a few tweets of people saying they're worried about me ma. Now, my mum's blood you pressure... You weren't, we were. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Callous in the extreme, you were. Oh, she'll be fine. Blood well, yeah, she... Next thing, she's in flipping A&E. <laughs> yeah, and she had a night in hospital. Her blood pressure spiked. It went it went kind of crazy. Now, she just returned back from a flight. She's probably from... listening to you talking about maps. That's what did it. My blood pressure sodding spikes. I thought you had to go to the hairdressers. I do. Are you going to carry on talking while I go then? Are you really going? Yeah, I'm going to the hairdressers, I told you. Bloody Nora. All right, then. So you don't hear about <laughs> me, Mum. You don't hear... You... To, listeners, before I sound like a callous old cow, he has already told me that she's tired. <laughs> so, Bye-bye, everybody. I love you all a lot, but I have to go to the hairdressers. Goodbye. 
So my mum's blood pressure did spike, um, so she was kept in overnight. She had just come back from about a 13-hour flight from Canada via Germany, and that's probably kind of contributed to it. Um, kept her in overnight. She came back at 5 in the afternoon the next day and uh, was given a clean bill of health because her blood pressure had gone down. But thank you, everybody, for your concern. But Ma is all good now. Now, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our site, or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a telephonic message. On Twitter, you can find us where we are at dum-de-dum. I'm at Royfield. Lucy is at Lucy B. Freeman, and Harry is at Sandwiches. On the Book of Face, there are 1,500-odd of you like lurkers who are doing stuff who are liking and commenting on Yokel Bear and Millie Bell's posts. Continue to do that, why don't you? And before I go, can I ask you to leave us a review on iTunes? Um, something I used to ask for every week. We have over 300 reviews, whether it's uh, if you add up the US and the UK ones, but we still need more because the more you get... Um, the further up those iTunes charts we go. So if you haven't written us a review on iTunes, please do that. You don't need an iTunes account uh, to do it or an Apple phone. You just go go on to, go on to iTunes via a web browser and just go, go and sign up and just go write us one. If it's five stars, that'd be awesome. If you want to give us four, that'd be awesome too. If you want to give us three, we say that's a little bit mean. But, you know, be truthful to yourself. That's the main thing. And on that note, everybody, I'm going to say goodbye from me and goodbye for Lucy. See you all again in seven days time for more Archer's action. Hi Lucy, uh, Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers. It's Emily here. It's Emily underscore Thomas 73 on Twitter. You may remember me as Emily the Au Pair from Paris. Um, sadly, I'm no longer in Paris as thanks to certain political decisions that will remain nameless. Um, my plans were somewhat foiled and I've had to return to the UK with my tail between my legs. It's not been an easy experience, I have to admit, and I did actually remove myself from Twitter, much as Lucy's done, and um, I have to say I agree with a lot of what she said about it. Um, it was certainly good for my mental health and mentality to be away from social media and the echo chamber, but you know what? I just missed the Archers tweet along too much, and I had to come back. It was the one thing that I really did miss, and all you lovely Dumpty Dummers as well, I missed you terribly. Um, but what I actually wanted to talk about is bees. Um, Royfield was wondering whether Kirsty's involvement with the bees has any sort of ancient mythological significance, and uh, I just wanted to give a few opinions. Um, I'm not an apiarist, but I um, I studied classics, and I actually specialised in animals as representations of society and psychology of, of mankind. Um, and my mum is actually training to be a beekeeper as well in Mid Wales, so hi mum and the Talgarth Beekeeping Club. Um, for the Greeks, um, as well as... so. Bees are all over the ancient world. Um, they're fascinated by them, as we still are today. But for the Greeks, probably one of the biggest cults devoted to bees is the Eleusinian Mysteries. Now, this cult is from Eleusis, and we really don't know what it's about. We think it's probably, a, it seems to be an afterlife cult. Um, and what it revolves around is the goddess Demeter, um, who is the goddess of fertility and grains and the harvest, and her daughter Persephone. Now, Persephone is taken by the god of the underworld, Hades, as his wife, and it's against her will. And Demeter scours the earth for her daughter and in her grief strips the earth of all its fertility. 
Persephone in the underworld is fed pomegranate seeds, and for as many seeds as she eats, she must remain in the underworld as Hades' wife. But eventually she stopped and returns to her mother, bringing back with her the fertility of the earth. Now, um, whilst this obviously stands for the cycle of the year, so that's the barrenness of winter into the flowering of spring and the bounty of late summer and, and autumn and back to the dying off, it also represents the cycle of um, birth life, death and rebirth and that's what Kirsty seems to be going through right now is that she's definitely going through a kind of rebirth she's been a bit lost and she went you know didn't know herself and she's being reborn the in the cult of the Eleusinian mysteries the priestesses were known as uh, Melissae which means bees and Persephone herself who's the center of the cult was known as Melitidas the honeyed one there is actually a story uh, from Corinth of a Melissa, a priestess, who was murdered and the goddess struck down the murderers in vengeance and a swarm of bees burst forth from the body of the priestess as a sign of the rebirth of the soul. And that, I think, is what Kirsty is going through right now. Uh, she, you know, lost part of herself. Part of her died, maybe, with, you know, her miscarriage and the, the betrayal at the altar and she's been lost and she's finally being reborn. And what is interesting is that many ancient societies, not just the Greeks, but also the Romans and Middle Eastern societies as well, uh, didn't think bees were fertile. They, they often thought of them as female, but not fertile. They couldn't give birth, uh, which I think is quite significant for Kirsty's um, recent storylines as well. That, you know, uh, even though this is a very matriarchal society of bees, um, they're not fertile and that childbirth and bringing forth children is not actually inherently the most important part of being female. Uh, the Romans, too, uh, were very um, strong on bee imagery, particularly Virgil in his Georgics, who describes a swarm of bees bursting forth from the corpse of a sacrificial ox. So they go from putrefaction to the eruption of this highly complex civilised society. And this is a metaphor for the political turmoil of the civil war that consumed Rome and um, that turned father against son and friend against friend and just absolutely almost brought this very powerful civilised nation to its knees through um, just people not being able to get on with each other. And um, that's quite possibly metaphorical for um, what's going on in Ambridge right now, as well as probably the wider world. I think we're seeing it all over, that uh, the bees represent this kind of reconstitution of society uh, the sacrificial beast in death begets rebirth and the renewal of Rome, or in the case, the renewal of Ambridge. Well, those are my thoughts. Uh, went a bit over three minutes, and I'm sorry for that, but uh, I just wondered what anyone else was thinking. Bye. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Uh, you haven't heard from me recently because I've been sorting my life out, um, getting rid of a relationship that wasn't doing me any good, moving house, and the world is looking bright and cheery. Um, I had to phone up this week after the party at Elizabeth's. There was a few things about the song lyrics, and I just needed to do my usual commentary about how the scriptwriters do so well to write the scripts and have the background music just matching what's going on. Um, the thought that Auntie Cardboard was doing something weird and wonderful on the dance floor with an unknown individual to Dancing Queen made me smile. I could remember what my mum was like in her 80s at parties. It didn't stop her dancing. Um, 
followed by uh, background of tainted love uh, whilst David and Kenton were discussing their um, breakdown of their relationship, making it up as them having had a few sleepless nights, as is mentioned in the lyrics. And then with um, Tom's harsh words to David, um, found that very, um, very interesting that the tainted love lyrics went well. Um, sometimes I've got to run away. Um, I've got to get away from this pain that you drive into the heart of me. Um, I toss and turn. I can't sleep at night. Once I ran to you, now I'll run from you. Also quite interesting um, because I then realised that there was a running theme because we had come on Eileen, but of course it's Dex's Midnight Runners and of course the cows were running, weren't they? So that was the reference to the escaping cows. I couldn't quite work out come on Eileen to start off with. And then take that. Um, I love Take That. Um, they were singing Never Forget. It came from the album Nobody Else. And very appropriate during Elizabeth's reintroduction to old Facebook friends from her youth. I think the reappearance of Tim Beecham obviously brought back memories of Nigel and his legacy of Lower Loxley. And, of course, we know that Freddie does seem to be coming a true pargeter. And the lyrics, um, very appropriate there. Never forget where you've come from here. Never pretend that it's all real. Um, someday soon, this will all be someone else's dream. Absolutely spot on. Um, well done, scriptwriters. Well done, everybody listening in. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picked up what I picked up on, and hopefully I'll speak to you all soon. And <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, that was Harry the Spaniel uh, joining in the call. Bye now. <laughs>